This conference is being recorded. All righty. Welcome to the Dream the Biggest Dream, Lessons from the Frontline Wednesday, May 20th, 2009. This is our call tonight, and the topic, Lessons from the Frontline, is Heart Speaks. And um, so if that's not too descript for you, that's great. You'll stay on the call, and uh, you'll find out exactly what this is about. Now, I have to tell you that as of Monday, when I sent out the notice about this call, I felt like I'm really ready to get back into doing the calls. I've taken about a seven-week break um, since a little bit before my father passed, and um, just kind of decided um, that these calls are so important to me, and and they come from such a deep emotional place for me that <clears throat> I really felt like I wasn't ready until this week. And it's wild because for the last, like, hour, I felt like maybe I'm not ready for tonight. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we take seven weeks off, we get people a little bit out of the um, the habit of um, being on this call. So um, the folks that are on the call right now are some people that are truly, truly dear to me and dear to my heart. And um, I think what it's done for me is it's created a safe heart space. Um, based on what I've been going through in the last hour, kind of a little bit of constriction. And so um, as I start this call, I'm visualizing uh, my heart becoming unconstricted, my heart becoming very open, so I can tap into what it is I truly have to share tonight. Now, while I was uh, preparing for the call and and, uh, waiting to get things going, I took out a deck of cards uh, no, not a deck like uh, we we find in Vegas, but uh, my Dr. Wayne Dyer, the Power of Intention card. And uh, the card that I drew shows a beautiful purple magenta-ish butterfly, <laughs> magenta-ish. So now I'm making up words. Um, and the um, what it says is radiate serenity and peace. And um, on the back, you flip it over, it says, radiate an energy of serenity and peace so that you have an uplifting effect on those you come into contact with. Your presence will make others feel calm and assured. So how interesting is this? You know, this just reminds me of the magic of the beauty and of the connection in each moment for each of us if we take the time to realize and to acknowledge and to honor that there is magic in each and every moment, okay? And this is the universe. This is the God force. This is the spirit of all that is, however you want to describe it. Um, and it's real. So. Radiate serenity and peace, and that's that's what I'm going to do, uh, uh, and that's what I'm already doing then. So 
those of you that know my process a little bit know that I've already been um, playing the crystal bowl and uh, activating my crown chakra. I'm working with uh, some essential oils, uh, as I do with every call. And tonight, an in interesting one, uh, Egyptian gold is the oil that I'm starting with tonight. And it is a combination of like 50 or 60 oils. And so it's major. It's, um, it's got a great feel to it. And um, it certainly is assisting me in my process, as essential oils do all the time. So in my uh, message that, uh, that went out to you um, in Facebook uh, on Monday, I mentioned that uh, it's been quite a year. And um, I, I think that I would say that that's probably a major understatement, <laughs> okay? Um, in uh, February, right around Valentine's Day, uh, my dog Delilah had to be put down. Um, cancer had spread through her body. We had about five days with her from the time we realized what was going on until the time uh, that we had to put her down. And um, little did I know that that was tip of the iceberg. Now, I say that... Um, Actually, that, that's not so true. I, I did know that Delilah's passing was the tip of the iceberg, and I knew it wasn't going to end there. Um, by February, my father's health had um, really progressed to a point that, um, that it really was just a matter of time, and at that point, we were you know, pretty much on call. What I didn't know um, that day that we were um, assisting Delilah with her transition at the vet's office was that about two days later, uh, my wife and I would decide to get a divorce. And so when I say tip of the iceberg, I guess I'm, I'm relating it to the divorce part. Um, the third uh thing of the uh, experience of course was my father passing on april 18th and so what are we talking about here we're talking about transition um certainly delilah transitioned my father transitioned and um you know in no uncertain terms really my relationship transitioned so, you know, those of you that know me really well, and I would say, um, and have seen me um, closely over the years and years, and that would be you, Eddie, you know that I don't hold back from stirring the pot of my life. And um, certainly, whether it seems like the pot's being stirred for you or you're stirring it yourself, um, it happens. And so, there's been this theme that's continuing for me about um, really stepping into my life in a different way. And I've got to tell you, it is shaking everything up in my world. Um, now, I don't want to make it sound too dramatic <laughs> because as soon as I finish saying shaking everything up in my world, I've 
I felt um, <clears throat> this uneasy feeling like I had just sent a strange message out to the universe. Let me just say that in my life right now, um, every single aspect of who I am, what I do, and how I'm living is up for evaluation and reevaluation. And, Eddie, you've been on all the calls this year. You know that this is a, a, certainly a recurring theme for the year. Um, evaluate and reevaluate and continue to, to focus energy and attention through observation and processing my experience to identify what it is that my life is really about. Um, through this, there's been one mainstay, and that is that certainly a huge aspect of my existence and my life is, is tied to my daughter, Maya. Maya is eight and a half years old, and she is the brightest light in my life. And I am so grateful to realize that of all the people in my life, she's also my greatest teacher. Now, everything then, and that's why I said, let me not, let's not get too dramatic about, you know, everything's getting all shook up because the solid foundation that Maya and I have is more solid today than it has ever been. And that connection is the deepest heart connection that I have in my life. And um, I honor and value that and express a tremendous gratitude for that, just in general to the God force, to my universe, and also then to her each day. Um, there was a small service in Palm Desert um, shortly after my father passed. And uh, we, um, my brothers, Todd and David and I each got up to speak. And so I knew for days that I was going to be speaking um, in this church. We thought it was going to be a relatively small family ceremony. There ended up being more than 150 people there. Uh, and not that it mattered, because when I got up there um, with what I wrote, um, my energy was directly from my heart and focused on Maya. And I'm going to go ahead and read to you um, what I said that day. Today we are here to honor and celebrate the life of my father. He was an extraordinary man to all of us. To my daughter Maya and me, he was an extraordinary grandfather, father, and friend. His life serves as an example on so many levels, a business leader, a community supporter. But my perspective is on him as a family man. He was the father and grandfather that you always wanted in your corner. Not that he would always tell you that what you did was the right thing. On the contrary, you could always count on him for the truth. 
but in his truth, you realized that he was one of your greatest supporters, and we always felt the depth of his love. Maya, you and I are very fortunate. We were able to spend lots of time with Pops over the years. Pops believed strongly in creating memories because he knew the physical body does not last forever, but that the memories we make together last a lifetime. Pops was an amazing example of how to live life, not just in the good times, but how to live life in the face of adversity also. He never backed away from a challenge in his life. We have learned that whatever we have a strong enough desire to achieve, we can accomplish. We have learned about integrity, courage, a deep sense of personal responsibility. But mostly, we have learned about love. Maya, I pledge to you that his example and lessons will continue to guide us on our journey. And from my own experience with my grandfather, Morris Jacobs, I can tell you that your grandfather will always be in your heart, and his love will feed your soul for the rest of your life. There is a saying that I have become quite fond of, death is certain, life is not. Well, for Pops, life was certain. He made sure of it. To Tony, Todd, and David, we have achieved what Dad wanted, and that is a deep connection based on unconditional love and understanding. He is smiling. So today we honor and celebrate his enduring spirit and the journey of his soul. Okay. So, I mean, that... That uh, I kind of obsessed about what I was going to say for a couple of days, and then I sat down in a quiet space, just me, and I said it's not important to think about anything except what naturally needs to come from me, and the only way that I could do that was to to address Maya because, I mean, there were wonderful people there and, and the rest of my family and and whatnot. But but really, it's it's for me and, and for Maya. And so um, it's it's tough. I didn't. I I haven't read this in. Um, in five or six weeks, and um, I'm, I think I'm a little bit caught off guard by uh, by how deeply it hits me uh, right now at this time. There's been a lot of a lot of lessons in all of this. Um, certainly, one of the greatest lessons um, that I believe we can never be reminded of enough is to not take anything for granted, to not take the people in our lives for granted, to not take ourselves for granted, our feelings, our thoughts. And and that leads back to a, a theme that, that we that I talk about quite a bit in these calls and that is to be present to be in the moment, to be so in the moment that nothing gets by you, that you're so conscious and aware that, 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 there's, that 
that you're just there. You're in that that flow. You're in that space. So I was talking to a good friend earlier about synchronicity and that when once you start to really connect everything about how your life works, you start to realize that every single thing that happens to you is a synchronicity because somewhere along the way, your energy, your energy brought that about. The focus of your attention brought that about. And you know this because when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, as we say, that your day normally gets worse from there because you're now focused on the fact and making it a fact that you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Now, we know when something happens to us and it shifts us and it makes us feel good, that then throughout our day, we, we find things to feel good about. And so it's this knowing where you are at, knowing what you are resonating to, knowing where your vibration is, that can make all the difference. I got some some quotes here. Normally I quote really famous people um, based on the topic. Tonight's topic was so sort of broad, um, and I didn't want quotes about grieving, although there's some great quotes out there about grieving. I looked to uh, the Abraham Hicks material um, they've uh, written a book uh, called uh, Asking It Is Given. And I, I, I looked through a lot of this material and came up with some quotes that, uh, that I think are very good. Here's the first one, and this is uh, related to the, the power of focus. In the same way that sculptors mold clay into creation that pleases them, you create by molding energy. You mold it through the power of focus, by thinking about things, remembering things, and imagining things. You focus the energy when you speak, when you write, when you listen, when you are silent, when you remember, and when you imagine. You focus it through the projection of thought. And uh, this quote actually came from Asking It Is Given, the, um, the, the book. Uh, and, and what this talks about to me is being very conscious of, of where the focus of your attention is of what you're thinking about and how you're feeling about it, okay? Two things. One of two places that every experience, every thought, everything is related to. One of two areas, and those are love or fear. And the bottom line measurement for this is if you feel good, you know that that thought, that focus of your attention is coming from the love place. If you feel constricted, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel 
not at ease, you know that something is connected to fear. This is a great thing because what a simple barometer, what a simple way to measure where we're at, to measure what's going on with us. You should be able to know in each and every moment whether you're in a place of love or a place of fear. And if you're in a place of fear, it's very easy to move out of it. And you move out of it by replacing your thought in that moment with something that makes you feel good. That's it. For me, I look at a picture of my daughter. I think about the people in my life that are so special. Um, I think of a happy memory. Okay? It really doesn't matter what it is as long as you're replacing a thought that comes from fear with a thought that, that is full of love. Okay, that's all you have to do. So, you know, um, I, there's some people on the call that came on after we muted out the line, so I don't know everyone on the call right now, but I can tell you most of the people on the call right now have kids. And if you have a picture of them in your wallet, in your purse, on your wall, that's probably enough. I know it is absolutely enough for me, and those of you on Facebook are seeing my uh, daughter all the time yesterday with Nicole, the brand new gnome that she handmade. Um, And it doesn't take much to shift my attention away from fear and into a place of love. Essential oils will do it also. Um, Expressing gratitude will do it you know, just to honor and uh, express gratitude to whoever you happen to be with or call your wife, your husband, your lover, whoever, and, um, and express that love. And that will move you right away from, from uh, being in a place of fear. There is uh, another quote here. This comes from a workshop that um, Abraham Hicks did in Los Angeles in August of 2008, and this is called Obsessed with the Best Parts of Your Life. We want you to become obsessed with the best parts of your life. If you would become obsessed with the best parts of your life, which means you talk about it and you think about it and you play with it and you observe it, and you take pictures of it, and you tell others about it, and you think about it, and you talk about it, and you observe it. Until you activate it in your vibration, until more thoughts like it come. Okay? If you would become obsessed with the best parts of your life, you would deactivate the parts of your life that you don't want. But when you are obsessed with the parts of your life that you don't want and you keep them active, then there aren't enough helpers in the world to help you get to where you think you want to be. And again, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about focused attention. And so the question, the question for myself, because I've got to tell you that this has, I have not created an easy road, a smooth sailing path 
for myself um, this year uh, with everything going on, and so much of it has to do with me being obsessed with the parts of my life that, that I'm not so pleased with, okay? And so watch yourself and see that when you are focused on the best parts of your life, how that starts to change what you experience outside of your inner core, outside of, outside of your being. I've got um, another quote here. Let's see. I, I pulled so many of these. All right, this is a title, What Is My Stuff? And this was from a workshop that they did in San Francisco, also as it happens, in um, August of 08. Um, so it's titled, Where's My Stuff? The only reason it is not coming is because of the vibrational contradiction within you. It hasn't got anything to do with whether you work or don't work. It's all about the story you are telling. It's about the story you are telling and the way you feel when you tell it. And this I found, you know, an hour ago and earlier this afternoon, I had a conversation with someone about the stories that we tell, about how we share or how and what we share with others and really with ourselves about our life. What is our perspective? When you talk about where you're at and what you're doing, is it, again, tinged with love or is it tinged with fear? Is it attached to the best parts of you? Is that what you're focused on? Or is it attached to the parts of you that are challenging? Okay. These are, you know, this is all stuff I've known for so long, and I will tell you that, you know, life gets, life gets interesting sometimes, and it can, ta- it can be a distraction um, with everything going on, and what happens is if you don't catch it soon enough, the distractions pile up, and you end up feeling like sort of in the ethers, a little bit lost. And, and that's where I've been and what I'm, what I'm coming out of. And so these lessons of, you know, of where I am in my life, where I am with the perspective of my life, um, really really works to, to, to observe that. You know, one of the things for me, I spent so many years living away from family. And um, I got really good about not being triggered by the people that I surrounded myself with that were drawn to my energy. One of my challenges is that I still find myself easily triggered by my family dynamic. 
And so that takes the most amount of attention and focused attention for me to work with is to see that, I mean, my mother's got a heart of gold and I love her dearly, but when I start spending a lot of time with her, I unconsciously take on her stuff and then it becomes my stuff and then it's not me in charge anymore. Okay, and this can happen with our friends. This can happen with, uh, you know, our families. Uh, and I think the key aspect here is just to be so aware and so conscious that of, of what you are accepting and then what you're owning that really isn't yours to own. So I'm, I'm coming out of that right now. I mean, I've really been greatly affected by it. I also think that, that one of the lessons that's come out of all this for me is to have the goals and the dreams and the plans as I do, but then I've made it very clear to my universe that I want what is in my highest good. And I will tell you right now, we don't always know what is in our highest good. And I've been holding on too tight to the way I think everything should be playing out. And it's not particularly playing out that way. And as I'm processing it and going over it, it, it appears that possibly what I've wanted to happen isn't in my highest good, isn't addressing enough of why I'm here. I'll tell you that I love doing the photography business that I do. I will also tell you that it has gotten very difficult to make a living doing that. And I have been very attached to the fact for me that that is how I was to make my living. And it occurred to me recently that if the photography was going very well, I would be backing off of Dream the Biggest Dream. I'd be backing off the aspects of my life that have to do with me connecting with and being of service to others. And so... It's it's been an eye opener. I mean, I got to tell you, I'm 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 getting uh, my resume worked on right now. I haven't needed a resume since the 1980s, the early 80s. <laughs> Sounds so funny. Um, and now I'm getting this really fascinating resume, you know, between Dream the Biggest Dream and. Um, the photography and the um, marketing and web development and uh, the teaching gig that I had and and all this stuff. I'm I'm so excited about my resume. I look at it and I say, I'd hire me. <laughs> um, yes, it's it's one of the best parts of my life. Um, so I guess um, in closing. Um, I'm back. Uh, I'm actively 
focusing my attention on what makes me the happiest um, and going through not always an easy transition, but when I look back at my life, there's been lots of transitions of what I've done and, and what, the, what my direction has been, and they all have worked out really wonderfully for me, although at times it was challenging and I would have thought, what the heck is going on here? And so I've had to really attach myself to um, a deep faith in how God, how the universe works. And um, with that faith, it makes up for not always having an, uh, an understanding in the moment of exactly how it's working. I'm looking at a program to get uh, my to get a master's in um, spiritual psychology. Um, I'm applying for a job at the largest uh, metaphysical center in Southern California uh, to manage all the operations and programs and everything, um, along with you know like all the other jobs that uh, that I'm looking at, and it's an exciting time. And uh, I have to thank, I don't have to, I want to, I choose to thank each of you for being part of my life and truly a very beautiful part of my life. Um, I, it doesn't take much to move me from a place of fear to a place of love by thinking about all the people that um, I feel so connected to. So, uh, time to smell a little bit of rose oil. Really blow open that heart chakra. And I'm going to unmute the lines. And this would be an opportunity for you to say what you want to say, to relate um, a short story about a lesson you've learned that could, could serve us all well. Um, or really anything that comes up. So here we go. And there we have it. You're unmuted, and um, you have free reign right now. Anyone? No? I think we even lost one person. <laughs> They're here to listen. Right, exactly. The the talking part gets a little scary. I'd like to listen to my call one day. Hey, Mark, I had I had dinner with my daughter tonight, and you know, I say she's just turned eighteen and getting ready to graduate in two weeks. And she was telling me some story, and I was listening to it. You know, just talking about being a senior. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she just started laughing, and said, "Daddy, what were you just thinking about?" And and I, I was thinking about an experience I had with you, and apparently my face so contorted that. It was like it's the flash of little memories about you and my face. She says, "I've never seen your face like that," and uh, we don't need to go into all the details, but it was just a very funny little exchange about uh, your influence on uh, other people's lives. <laughs> so, Eddie, um, I'm going to call you as soon as we hang up. But right. um, just for the record, uh, love or fear? Oh, it's old love. There's old love. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm definitely going to call as soon as we're off. Thank you for sharing that. And I got to tell you, you know, I look at Maya. She's what ten years younger than your daughter. Mm-hmm. 
I cannot imagine what it will be like when she's 18 years old. Um, and I guess I've got 10 more years to figure it out and deal with it and watch you. Um, and, uh, you know, before, before I kind of have to have to deal with, um, with whatever comes up with all that, are you, um, are you able to keep it all balanced in a place of love? I mean, I got to figure at 18, she's going across the country to go to college and everything. There must be fear stuff that comes up. Uh, we, we've always had a, uh, we, we've always been very close, but never, you know, she's lived with her mom and, uh, but we've always, she's so much like me. It's scary. And I'm sure I think Maya is a lot like you. And, uh, we have a very deep understanding and, uh, I feel very comfortable talking to her on the phone or texting, and it's, um, you know, I look forward to her growing and thriving and having lots of experience. That's awesome. And I must have met you when she was, like, maybe two or three or something like that, and I've got to tell you um, that I've really appreciated watching you as a father and hearing the stories and um, everything like that, particularly more so in the last eight and a half years, you know, having actually been a father during that time. But um, it is uh, greatly appreciated on, on my part, and um, she's a lucky girl. Yeah, I, I, you learn so much watch, and I, watching your children, the whole starting with the totally birth process, forward is that you learn so much about life watching that whole little cycle roll through yeah that's for sure i i i caught maya um when she came out and um you know now it's beautiful when there are those times that she figuratively catches me and um you know we beautiful relationship and that's certainly something to be honored thank you eddie Anybody else? I think this is Julie. I think, like with my kids, um, the one thing in my life that um, love has has been a success because most things I was in a habit of fearing, um, fearing, you know, most of the relationships, most of the situations in my life. But the one thing that was pure from the moment they were born was my love for my kids. And really raising them has been pretty easy because they're just so easy to love. I mean, that's just the dominant dominant thing with my children. And I guess that's the one thing now you were commenting about, you know, when Maya gets older, I'm transitioning in that um, that's such a big source of love for me and they are getting ready to go to college in the next few years. So, um, so but now that I have this new trick, this new tool of uh, – focusing on when I'm recognizing when there's fear and focusing on something that makes me feel love, um, I think, I think I, it, it's going to help. So Julie, I know you well enough to know um, that you have a most amazingly beautiful relationship with your children and the stories that you've shared with me about your cut through all the BS, heartfelt conversations that you have with them and how you're able to be your authentic self with them um, is really, really beautiful and has touched me very deeply, and I thank you for that. 
Well, thank you for teaching me about how to handle fear. Because <laughs> I can love, and that, if I can love, then I, I've got fear covered, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. So all, you gotta, all we all have to do is just stay connected to love. That was a good one, well, Mark. I, I, I did like that, that whole love-fear thing. That was very good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to stick with me. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate that. It's obviously playing big time and out in my experience right now. And uh, I always know that whoever's on the call, whatever's said, whatever's shared, um, you know, is really for all of us on this call. And that's why some people show up and some people don't. And um, I just want to thank you all for being on the call tonight. It is so meaningful to me. And um, we're just going to continue this. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be uh, in New York City doing this call, the day after um, another service for my father. Uh, and um, it's all good. And uh, you invite other people to be on this call and uh, look forward to each of you being back uh, next week. And again, um, my heart gets very full when I think about um, each of you and the role you play in my life. Thank you so much, and um, it's all good, and much love to everyone. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week. I love Mark. You too. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your, uh, the, the, the thing that you read at your dad's service about Maya. That was really, really touching. No, I love hearing that as well. That was fantastic. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, week, and uh, please join us, uh, newbies. Please join us next week. All right. Much love to everyone. Good night. Thanks.